0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hey, and welcome to The Shake-Up. I'm Dave Marchese, and we cancelled The Shake-Up last week to cover the breaking news out of the UK, but it's good to be back this week. And while there has been a bit going down over the past few days, look, really, there's only been one story to dominate all the news coverage... Time to break it down with you, as well as some other stuff that's got you talking.
0: Hack. The Crown has always had a complicated relationship with the First Nations people it reigns over. So my dad, wanting to be unique, went with Siete. A 14-year-old brother whose name is awesome and a 12-year-old sister whose name is amazing.
1: So my name is Balza. What's up, ladies? On Triple J. Yeah, a few different things up for discussion today. It's been impossible, though, to escape the ongoing coverage of the Queen's death longest-serving monarch in British history, 70 years on the throne. You lived through the second Elizabethan era, but what's next? We're about to get into it. Get some thoughts, and I want to hear yours. First, though, I've got to introduce my shake-up panel, because we've got two brilliant minds with us. First, joining us from Perth, former WA Liberal leader. He does a lot now. He's a columnist at the National Indigenous Times. Zach Kirkup, welcome back to The Shake-Up. How are you (laughs) feeling heading into the weekend? I'm looking forward to it. I know. Thanks very much for having me on. I spoke to you a bit earlier and you sounded like you were really ready for the weekend. It was the uh, (laughs) 7.30 teleconference that really got me this morning, so I'm ready for it. That's the thing, because you were saying, like, when you're working from home, it just starts super early. As soon as you wake up, it's time to start grinding. That's right. Got another one, Shake-Up First-Timer. You'll know him from TikTok, Instagram... Comedian Aurelia St. Clair, welcome to The Shake-Up. How are you
0: feeling? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm feeling good.
1: Yeah, first-time nerves, we're all good.
0: A little bit nervous, but confident. Well, we've got
1: so much to talk about. That's the thing, you don't have to be nervous because the topics today are definitely going to be getting people talking and I want to hear from you. We've got big topics, we want big opinions. Let's go.
0: Hack. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation. And to the world, I think we're all feeling a little bit um shocked about it. I am, um, I feel quite sad about it, to be honest. Um, it's kind of sad, but also kind of not. I don't know. I really loved it. <laughs> I really enjoyed the crown.
2: With the passing of Queen Elizabeth, questions are being asked about the future of the
1: monarchy in Australia. Hopefully in a direction where we kind of get separated from uh, the royal family.
0: Um, I think definitely it will. Not a lot of people are a big fan of Prince Charles or King Charles King now. Charles.
1: Because it's not appropriate now to talk about constitutional change. People are talking about it right now.
0: As First Nations people, we have have a considerable amount of reverence for sorry business. So we can understand that people are grieving and mourning right now. I think for First Nations people, it can feel a bit rich. For a lot of First
1: Nations people, she represents pain and trauma and ongoing oppression that they don't want to celebrate. On Triple J. Yeah, right now in London, thousands of people are standing in line waiting. Some of them might be waiting for 30 hours to see the Queen's coffin. It's definitely a moment in history but we're a long way from London, so I'm wondering, how is the Queen's passing hit for you? It's been a week, we've been talking about it non-stop, we've been seeing it in the media. I wanna know, this wall-to-wall coverage in the news, have you been glued to it, or are you finding it really frustrating? Let me know, one three hundred o triple five three six. You can message in as well, 0439 757 Want to get into this with our shake-up panel. Joining us, former WA Liberal leader, journalist Zach Kirkup and comedian, social media identity, Aurelia saint Clair. Aurelia, we might start with you on this one. Uh, what have you thought about this wall-to-wall coverage of the Queen's death?
0: I mean, she was the Queen of England, so it makes sense that there's a lot of coverage. At the same time, though... It feels like she's been soft-launching her death for several years, starting with discontinuing to breed her famous corgis, corgis, the dogs, in 2015. So I was not that surprised, given her old age as well, but the coverage has kind of just been passing me by.
1: Okay, right. So you've managed to steer clear of a lot of it. You've, you know, got your your grid sorted. You're not getting just wall to wall queen posts. Never heard of this as a soft launch of a death, though. That's one thing I haven't heard, Aurelia. Very keen to get everyone's thoughts on this, Zach. What do you think? Do you think the coverage has been over the top? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's been
2: over the top for someone who's been such a significant figure in, you know. Uh, you know, global affairs for such an extended period of time. The the Queen and her family uh, obviously feature very prominently for a lot of people. They, you know, I can't go through my Insta feed at the moment without seeing Princess Diana posts. Maybe that's just my algorithm <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> uh, but it's you know it doesn't surprise me. Um, it is interesting though that obviously it's created divergent opinions. I mean, we've got someone so significant who's passed away and now there's people who you know have have views about her death i find that really really interesting
1: yeah, and I mean, we're going to get into some of those views in a bit. We've got some messages coming through already. Someone says, Thanks for all the long weekends, Queen. Hopefully, the King continues the tradition. Another person says, Couldn't care less. I'll be glad when they stop broadcasting it. Well, I'm so sorry to you that we're talking about it now. And Anthony in Queensland says, My mum, Val Dempsey, is going to the funeral along with the Prime Minister and Governor General and was selected as part of the 10 ordinary Australians to represent us at the funeral. That's huge. One message that came in earlier from Amy really hit me. She said, I just arrived home from visiting my family in America yesterday. I didn't even know about the Queen until coming back to Australia. I was shocked with the news. Also not shocked because she had a good run at that age, but was surprised I hadn't heard anything. I don't know. What do you reckon, Zach? Is that crazy that someone in the world had not heard about
2: the Queen dying? Yeah, yeah. I um, I guess it's not that surprising given um, that person came back from the US where they've got their own troubles to look after. Yeah. Exactly what happens when you don't have a constitutional monarchy? Look at the US. Um, but you know, it does surprise me given how flooded we are with the news and continue to see sort of it drip out
1: over the coming days aurelia do you think there's a big disconnect between the mood in the uk and the mood here in australia like i've got a friend in the uk in london who says it really isn't uncommon for people to be really emotional about this and to see people upset and crying i haven't noticed anything that extreme here we are pretty removed geographically but also a bit emotionally it seems
0: I agree. I really don't think I've seen a lot of emotional reactions from the folks I have seen post on social media. All the tributes have been fairly kind of level-headed, dare I say. And it makes sense being removed, not only geographically, but also not really having a strong media presence, for lack of better term, for the Queen. She's kind of just been a bit low-key, I'd say. Um, And aside from her sort of appearances every now and then, I can't say that I've been thinking about her a lot.
1: Interesting. And we've got some messages coming through people saying very similar things. Adrian says, I'm over the Queen coverage. It's got to be more important things to communicate. Another person says, times have changed. Hierarchy is a lot different to what it used to be. I'm a 22-year-old male from Tassie, another person says. I couldn't care less. And another person, a very progressive school I work for in regards to Indigenous representation, did a one-minute standing silence for the Queen. It threw me off completely. I'm wondering, Zach, even in the UK, we've started to see more and more protesters holding signs saying things like, not my king, abolish the monarchy, and police have been cracking down on that, and it sparked a whole debate about freedom of expression. Do you think that's fair? Uh, I think... You know, this is an extended funeral. That's the best
2: way to look at this. And uh, I think anyone protesting anything at ex- at at someone's funeral or the events like that uh, should be moved on at the very least. I mean, that's not appropriate by any sense. I mean, we saw that with individuals who used to protest... Uh, soldiers who, you know, veterans who came back who were deceased in in wars, um, these mem- you know, memorials were taking place for them. I don't think it's appropriate in that case. People are obviously free to have their views about about everything that goes on in the world, and obviously the the, the monarchy is part of that. I think it's a bit um, you know bad taste to be doing it in this in this in such a way that's quite confronting uh, and quite you know abusive and abrasive. towards
1: the events that are going on. Interesting, Zach. Aurelia, what about you? Like if protesters are holding these signs, not my king, abolish the monarchy, they're not being violent. They're not doing anything that's um, disrupting. Maybe maybe some are where they're shouting out. Do you think that there should be a tough crackdown?
0: I think peaceful protest should be allowed at any time. And There are a lot of people mourning and lining up for 30 hours, so it's not like there's a shortage of reverence towards the event taking place and the people being against the monarchy, I don't think, are necessarily being disrespectful by protesting now because when else are they going to be able to get their voice and signs heard and seen with such a wide audience?
1: Zach, earlier this week, we spoke about the First Nations reaction to the Queen's death. And we spoke with the ABC's Indigenous Affairs reporter who said, look, many she'd spoken to did see the Queen as a symbol of an oppressive system. Do you think First Nations people should be given a bigger platform to talk about these things at any time rather than waiting for this right time to talk about it?
2: Yeah, I, I do think um, that obviously uh, First Nations Australians should have that opportunity uh, to talk about, you know, obviously the role of um, the monarchy, but government more broadly. I mean, ultimately, uh, there there is going to be divergent opinions within the Indigenous community, but and you know that's something I've been very surprised about. Some commentary around, you know, this idea that there should be a unified Indigenous response to that—that that, that's really reductionist, really simplistic way to approach this. But what I, I'm I'm really concerned about is that you know, there are a number of um, Indigenous Australians who obviously take issue with the Crown uh, and its form and this moment now highlights that and I don't feel like they've been necessarily given a safe safe space to express the views because, unfortunately, whilst we should should sort of divorce um, the Queen's passing and the role of government and and policies that have been implemented, uh, we should do that. I think now if people are wanting to engage in the conversation... They haven't been afforded an opportunity to do so without a lot of heavy emotion. I mean, I think there is an opportunity to to separate the two because I think ultimately it's a lot of government policy, it's a lot of existing domestic policies that the the Crown was never involved in in the first place. I think this is just a flashpoint that sort of brings those emotions to the the fore. But that is not universal. You know, my father, uh, you know, he was very upset about the Queen's passing, quite, like, uh, noticeably for me. He's very laissez-faire, very chill guy. <laughs> and I saw him on the weekend and he was pretty, you know, sombre about it all. So, you know, an Indigenous male right there, the idea that it doesn't affect everyone universally, but I think there is there should be an opportunity to talk about the role of the Crown and uh, injustices that have taken place and that there should be a safe space for that. It'd be really hard right now. I mean, I, I believe in the constitutional monarchy, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, very proud of the, of the, of the, of the Queen and what happened and her legacy, uh, but I think if you held opinions opposite to that, there hasn't been a lot of leeway to express that without
1: being attacked for a view that's opposing. Interesting. And I'm keen to hear people's thoughts on this as well. Do you agree with Zach? Do you disagree? Call in 1300 0555 You can message in as well, 0439 757 555. Aurelia, for days we were told, oh, it's too soon to be talking about Australia's future, like about whether we should become a republic or stick with the monarchy. Uh, We've got a text in that said, talking about the republic right now is like discussing your inheritance before your mum's funeral. What do you reckon? Like when is the right time? Because I guess if people... people aren't talking about it in the media, they're probably still talking about it privately, right?
0: I agree. I think people are afraid of difficult conversations in all walks of life and situations. And I mean, talking about the inheritance before your mum passes doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a family conversation. just rolling with that example, because what better time to talk about something than when it's happening? And I mean, I guess people are still emotional, they're still mourning, so I get why they might think it's too soon. But while it's in the public eye, I think it's a good opportunity to have these difficult conversations and open these subjects up for discussion.
1: Do you reckon, Aurelia, that we're going to see after the Queen's funeral next week, these discussions really go into overdrive, that all of a sudden people who haven't been wanting to make public comment are going to be speaking out and wanting to talk about this stuff? Or do you reckon it's going to be the opposite and people are going to be like, I just don't want to talk about the monarchy anymore?
0: I hope that people continue talking about it because our parliament, for example, as far as I understand, is not In session or at work and I hope that once that comes back that these types of discussions are kind of having their time of day Um, and yeah it's hard to be sensitive to everyone at the same time so difficult conversations are going to happen and people will be will be mad I think. That's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, fair enough. And we've got some messages coming through. Someone says, I think voicing views over the crown and mourning the Queen's death need to be separate. Somebody says, Sorry to disagree, Zach. This is not an ordinary person's funeral. It's a normal protest, rules do not apply. But, Zach, you'll be happy to know someone else says, Long live Zach. So, we've got a fan <laughs> for you, someone who wants you to take the crown. Um, earlier this week, Zach, we spoke um, about something else that happened and the NRL's being accused. Of double standards over suspending Newcastle Knights player Caitlin Moran over an offensive social media post that referenced the Queen's death. What do you think of the reaction to this?
2: Uh, I mean, I I think the um, comments made by the uh, by Caitlin Moran were pretty obscene, frankly, and and I think the post has since been deleted, uh, rightly so. And I don't think it's you know when you have these national institutions, you know, sport rugby in, in Australia is obviously. A, a very a fairly revered institution. They have to take uh, action if they 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 see that a player says something that's inconsistent with their views. And and that player said you know some I think some fairly uh, you no know, not warranted um, comments. But do you that- think
1: it was too severe? That's what the players' association mm. said. It said, look, we had another NRL player who was allowed to play in the finals despite being convicted of assault. So do you think you know they went too far?
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's something for them to to look at internally. This is a very, you know, this can be for some a very heated moment of what's going on and uh, with the passing of the Queen, there can be uh, a heightened attention to, to comments that are made about them and uh, about the Crown more broadly. And I think, the, the, you know, Caitlin Moran's comments were... Um, and the actions that have taken were probably reflective of of that emotional state that people are in at the moment. Very nervous about anything that's seen to be too negative about the crown, and uh, I think that's why the NRL stepped in the way that it did.
1: Aurelia, have you got any thoughts on this one?
0: I think there is a inconsistency in terms of sport and women's sport compared to men's sport in general, and it's just being highlighted here with the punishment she's receiving being quite severe compared to like you said, the assault that happened with another player um, and also assuming you know the Queen has already passed away, she's not going to see these comments, it's not affecting the Crown or their power in any way, while this has a very real effect on Caitlin's earnings as a woman in sport which is already lower than it should be in most cases and Again, the actions the NRL has taken against male players being um, accused of assault that has happened to people that are very much still alive and affected by it. It's just a disconnect that is kind of not sitting quite right with me.
1: Got some messages coming through on the Queen, the coverage, people saying protesting during the event, uh, a time of anyone's death is a no, no, so disrespectful. Another person, the Crown needs to die with the Queen. We don't live in medieval times anymore where the Queen's ruling over kingdoms and the Queen has not had any immediate impact from day to day on our lives in Australia for a long time. Just going to move on slightly. The 22nd of September can be a moment that brings our nation together uh, for it being the national day of mourning and for a public holiday as well. On Triple J. I just wanted to ask quickly about this. What about the public holiday next week? How are you going to be marking it? Because a lot of people are talking about this as well. And I've got the shake-up panel with us, former WA Liberal leader, journalist Zach Kirkup, comedian, social media identity, Aurelia Clair. Zach, what do you think? The public holiday, a lot of people are going to be excited by this. Others, maybe not so excited, a bit stressed out, having to organise stuff. How are you going to be marking it?
2: Uh, I'll be um, just enjoying a day of uh, rest and relaxation. I'll do the one-minute silence, I think it is, at 9am. As a business owner, I mean, I employ, you know, together with my business partner, nearly 40 uh, Indigenous people in our company, and the public holiday is going to cost us quite a lot of money, I've got to say. Um, but I think that's reflective of you know we live in a society that uh, has these institutions that are in place, and um, you know if if there's a, a national public holiday, we we adhere to that and we respond to that. So for me, uh, for the business side, it's going to be quite ex- quite expensive, and I think uh, I'll be marking it in a in a fairly just pull, you know low-key manner.
1: What about you, Aurelia? Is there pressure to be like low-key on this day off? Like the Prime Minister said, oh, it's a a time to sit back and reflect. But I imagine there's going to be a lot of people who a day off in the middle of the week, sunny, might want to be at the pub with their mates or at the beach.
0: (laughs) I will be enjoying my day off for sure. I think people should use it however they please. We live in a world that's really fast-paced and where any day off is deserved and needed.
1: I saw an interesting article uh, asking if we should be able to swap public holidays that don't fit our values. Like First Nations <laughs> owned fashion label Clothing the Gap said they're going to stay open next Thursday because they don't want to mark this day. Do you think there's a point there, Aurelia? Would you be on board with that going, oh yeah, I'll take that one, but I might swap that one out with another?
0: I like that. I feel <laughs> I feel like it's, it's on point. Maybe I'll go into the store.
1: Who knows Zach? into it? Oh, uh, no, I'm not into it. I mean come <laughs> on. this is
2: we have national public holidays. Uh, they are they are what they are. I think everyone can I mean I appreciate what clothing the gaps and the message that they're uh, they' they're you know representing and what they're what they're pushing there. but I, I don't think um, that you should be able to swap them around at all. I think the national public holiday uh, any of them that we have are, are rightly rightly in place.
1: All right, I reckon we can move on now because we've got some other big, big topics to discuss. Hack, have you decided on a name? We're thinking Callum. This is Callum Murray. Murray to the seafood aisle. Callum Murray. Why'd they name you that? On Triple J. <laughs> Callum Murray, what the hell? Names, we've all got them. But how happy are you with yours? Because a lot of people feel like their parents really did them dirty with their names. Maybe they were trying to be quirky or funny but it's something you've got to live with your whole life. And it's been a talking point over the past few days because some mums on TikTok are opening up about their name regrets. They regret calling their kids certain names. Some have even tried to change them years later. I wanna hear from you. I know this is gonna be a popular one. Have you got a name that you really wish your parents had not? How have you dealt with it throughout your life? Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe your name is so generic that you feel like it sucks the personality right out of you. Like no, thank you, call in one three hundred, o triple five three six. You can message in as well, 043975755. Got some messages in already. Someone says, fairly certain I'm the only bloke named Steve under the age of 30. Pretty stoked with that though. That was from Steve in Maryborough. Another person says, My name's Ebony. I'm pretty happy with it. One of my sister's names is Jaya. Not very common, unique. The eldest is Kate, and she had four other Kates on a netball team growing up, and she was pretty disappointed. Yeah, well, probably would be. I get it. I'm Dave. Like, there's so many Daves everywhere, even in this station. Triple J. Dave, this one. Dave, that one. Let's get into it with a shake-up panel. Comedian Aurelia St. Clair in Melbourne. Jono, former politician, Zach Kirkup in Perth. Aurelia St. Clair, come on. Best name in the world, surely.
0: I love my name. I feel (laughs) really lucky for it.
1: Has it been something that you've talked, like, thought about a lot in your past? Have you been like, oh, I'm really happy that I got that one? Do people bring it up with you in conversation a lot?
0: I actually, growing up, never had one of those magnets or keychains (laughs) with my name on it and definitely felt a bit like missing out. Yeah. But getting older, now that I don't desperately want or need a key tag with my name, (laughs) I'm really glad that I have this name. I love it.
1: Someone on the text line says, I've got the weird name, Poppy Lilac Adelaide Snow. Last name not included. So that's just the first and, and middle names there. It's quite a mouthful. Another person says, Richard. Yep, dick. There's a ton of jokes that can be made by it. Used to annoy me, now not so much. Um, I want to ask what some 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 listeners think. We've got <laughs> we've got Thor on the line. G'day, Thor. Yeah. G'day. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How, great name. Powerful name. Cheers. Thanks. It was a birthday present. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I'm pretty happy
2: with it and uh, my parents (laughs) gave it to me on my birthday.
1: (laughs) Um, Has it been pretty good um, throughout your life or has it gained a bit of prominence in the last few years since it's been kicking off in the box office? You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, uh,
2: I was glad the movies weren't real bad when they came out. Uh, (laughs) I didn't want that yeah that albatross around my
1: neck nah, but, uh nah, yeah nah Thors a good one. A of- I'm I'm stoked that you called in and let us know thanks Thor Zach what about you and I got to point out you're Zach with a K um yeah, yeah. so that changes things up a lot and it's pretty unusual for the liberal Party I'd think to have a Zach with a K come on <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I think I'm I'm certainly uh one of the well certainly you know I think different names are becoming more more the norm now uh but I it, it is a bit different I mean I always get asked, you know, how, how I spell it. And I think I've spent more time telling people how to spell it than telling people my name itself. <laughs> um, but you just got to get, you know, you just get through that. I, I, uh, the other alternative that I was going to be called was my mother's of New Zealand heritage. And uh, until I was born, they planned on calling me Tarmaty. Uh I, I strongly suspect I probably wouldn't have become leader of the Liberal Party with a name like Tarmaty. Uh, But, you know, I think uh, names do lend themselves a bit of personality to who you are and and how you, you know grow as a, as a person. Tarmody, I
1: back it. I like it, but yeah, maybe you're right in your line of work. Maybe it wasn't going to work so much. And I don't know how I put that on a core flute. What's the rhyme with that? Ooh, somebody says on the text line, my sister's name is Xenia. She married a Mr. Ray and is a doctor. Now she's Dr. X Ray. <laughs> Someone <laughs> says one of the TikTok people said that they accidentally called uh, their son, Bill Clinton. Like it was William <laughs> Clinton. Um, um, and then they realise, like, it's Bill Clinton. Oh, no. Somebody says, "In st- at least we don't have to pick unique names like gamer tags. Um, yeah, like you could have been XXDave59827XX. Yeah, that would have been really tough. Another person says, instead of Mark, I was nearly Boris in Brisbane. Thanks to mum, this tragedy was averted. Aurelia, what do you think? Does your name have a big impact on your identity, do you think?
0: I think I do, because I always knew that it was a bit different and I didn't really meet anyone with my name till I was much older. And there's also some science that I think my parents read into about names in the first half of the alphabet somehow resulting in better school performance due to your name being called up first. Oh, what? What? I'm not sure if there's actual signs behind that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, when you deep it, I guess that kind of makes sense. Somebody on the text line says, my name is Villain. V-Y-L-A-N. It's pronounced villain. I love it. Yeah, I would too if I was villain. I'd love that name. Another person on the text line said earlier, I met someone who called her g- girls angel and demon. <sighs> I'm not sure about that. Come on, come on. What about um you, Zach? Do you think we should be more confident about changing names? Like if it doesn't fit, if you grow up and you're like, I'm not Zach with a K actually. Time to to get rid yeah. of this and time to become villain or Thor. Uh- Well, I wanted to change my name to Zachary, so at least I could have something
2: to shorten it to, to Zach. (laughs) And I told my dad about it, and he was like, no, absolutely not. This is the name (laughs) we gave you. This is the name you're sticking with. (laughs)
1: Oh, I love it. That's kind of cute. Do you reckon, Aurelia, you can tell a lot by a person's name? Like if you met me without knowing me and I said, hey, I'm Dave, what would you think?
0: I do think there's something (laughs) to it. (laughs) 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 I recently put a poll up on my Instagram stories and asked people if they had red flag names. So names where, you know, when you're dating someone, you're kind of skeptical at first. I believe everyone submitted their ex's names. Um, but luckily, I've only had positive experiences with Dave's and David's. Oh, so. thank God. There
1: we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was really freaking out for a minute. Yeah, someone um, I know was talking about that earlier. They were talking about um, when they were trying to name their child and they just had to cancel out all the names of the exes and it was actually really annoying because there was a whole list of them that they had to <laughs> rule out and, you know, it's, it's pretty hectic. Zach, just quickly, do you have any baby names that you've got waiting ready to go?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah I, I absolutely do. Oh, um, here we go. <laughs> zero judgment. Uh, Theodore after the oh. US President the- Theodore Roosevelt and Winston after the British Prime Minister. Wow, um,
1: okay. So we have got a real transatlantic where, you know... I do. I don't
2: have any female names, any girls' names, sorry.
1: Uh, maybe you'll go for Zack Jr. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> Hack on Triple J. Big thanks again to our shake-up crew for the week, former WA Liberal leader, columnist at the National Indigenous Times, Zach Kirkup, and comedian Aurelia St. Clair. And a big shout-out as well to the hard-working hack team, executive producer Claire Bloomer, senior producer Serge Negus, and radio production by AJ Williams. And a big, big shout-out to our political reporter, Georgia Hitch, finishing up today after a solid few weeks with us. Thank you so much for all your help, Georgia. We'll have Shalala Madora back with us on Monday. That's all for the Hack Podcast for now. I'll catch you later.